Hello and welcome to the first episode of this podcast. Um, so for the first episode, I will be talking about the language of dating. Um, for the first episode of A Critical Thought with Me, I chose the language of dating as my topic because it is something I've discussed so many times in long car rides, in long night like night sleepovers with my girlfriends and I've, de- I've noticed like a common thread and I began to look into it more and I began to talk about it more and it just became something that I've been so interested in and then it kind of was such like a topic of so many long discussions that <clears throat> I've decided to make it my first episode. <clears throat> um, essentially, I feel like dating, there's a lot of ambiguity and there's a lot to talk about there. So essentially, from a lot of my friends and so many long nights, you know, and a lot of stories online um, <clears throat> based on dating, hookup stories, being spread on TikTok, you know, it's the same story over and over and over again, specifically in this is heterosexual dating culture <clears throat> and in like late high school, college era. Um, basically, the boy and girl would meet. They would hang out, talk, date, cuddle, whatever, I don't care, and express, like, they talk about very various things, express their deepest emotions, they say they like each other, you know, all those things, and they don't put a label on it. So it's all the relationship things without a relationship. And so many of my friends have experienced this, so many people online have experienced this, so it seems to be a very common phenomenon. And, you know... And a lot of the times, a lot of my friends, and we've expressed this so many times, that it often feels like it is the girl's fault for being too much, for wanting more, for expressing their feelings. For example, they hang out and they would be like, oh, I want to define the relationship. And then suddenly it's not allowed because then they're asking for too much. It's the same story over again. Two people seem to like each other. They do things together, basically dating without communicating that it's a relationship somebody feels like they're doing too much almost being gaslit and the cycle is repeated in 2019 when i feel like everyone was having relationship problems and summer walkers over it um um, album was on repeat it just felt like this was the only recurring thing and everyone was talking about and everyone was going through it And even though everyone's going through it, it's very specific to, like, late high school or college people's age in 2020s, you know? And if you're trying to explain this to someone who wasn't in this generation or in the same online spaces, it would be so hard to understand this lingo. You had to understand... um, So, there's a lot of differences in languages in just a few years with dating and that's something I really did want to talk about as well. So, and another thing I want to talk about is when people online or people just when they were telling these stories, they'd be like, oh, this person I was talking to or he just referring to the person as he or like the person I was talking to, the boy, etc. And I didn't know what to call them because I didn't feel as if they were allowed to say the word X because they weren't in a relationship. And I also felt that way about my past if we talk in my modern lingo terms situationships but then 
After explaining the story so many times, I did begin to use the word ex because I felt as if I went on dates with this person. We both liked each other. And when I'm older, I want to tell these stories to my kids. And I feel like for me personally, whenever something like that happens, I want to preserve it in my memory. And at first, I didn't want to use the word ex because it was reserved for relationships. But I feel like it's a fine word to use to talk about someone you liked and they liked you and you went on dates and you're not together anymore so it doesn't make sense why so many people don't feel as if they're allowed to grieve or if they're allowed to say these words because they weren't defined as a relationship but they were basically doing everything a relationship entails so it doesn't make sense to me so basically for this episode i wanted to talk about where does all this ambiguity come from in dating is there Is it only a problem in modern dating? Has it always been this way? And, yeah, like, you know, there's so many things, problems with, like, basically with modern dating, has it always been this way, you know? And has it always been ambiguous, the trend of situationships that we've been seeing on TikTok? And modern dating, has it become worse than we thought? And I've decided to research this and have my own thoughts, and, yeah. So, that's what we're talking about today with the language of dating. Well, basically, for to answer the first part, I'm going to say that dating has always been ambiguous. And I'm using the, the text, um, Labor of Love, The Invention of Dating by Maura Weigel. It was... Um, on sale in 2016 so it's not as current but I'm still using that as a base for like the history of dating and stuff like that so when I would talk to my friends I would always be like why don't you call the person you're talking to x why are we always so afraid of saying dating instead we always use the word talking or etc like all these random words like why can't we just say when I went on a date with person and it didn't work out or I was dating this person for a few weeks and it didn't work out Instead, we're always saying stuff like, I was seeing that person, now I'm not, but it's never clear-cut defined. So I thought that this ambiguity was new, but upon researching, it's not. I used to think dating was very clear-cut, and there was a date, and there was a relationship, and there was an ex, and it's okay if it wasn't serious, you could still call it a date. But, um, and I wasn't the only one in the book, um, Maura cites that in... She writes in her book that on January 11, 2013, the New York Times headline was The End of Courtship. Citing conversations from several East Coast cities, the paper of record announced that hookups and hangouts had replaced the ritual of date. So in the modern times, like when Tinder and other dating apps were rising and this hookup culture was emerging, a lot of people were saying, like, has dating even stopped to exist as the traditional dating stopped? And where are we leading to now? Like the end of romance, etc. You can find this in a lot of like in still parts of society, honestly. But that's not what we're going to get into. But that is not the case. There is no traditional definition of dating. In 2013, the end of courtship. Courtship hasn't really been a thing. We'll talk about it later. But basically, people nowadays feel like hookups and hangouts are replacing the ritual of dating but that's not the case so first we gotta like sort of define the modern lingo that we can kind of talk about so 
this idea of the talking stage might be very foreign to a lot of people who are millennials or Gen Z or online or whatever, but the talking stage, as defined by this Urban Dictionary definition in 2017 by the username Melissa XOXO, when two people basically flirt and start feeling each other and they are slowly getting into a relationship. So in the early 2000s, 2010s, 2020s, people started using this term called the talking stage, which is ambiguous as its title, right? And you may think that this random thing that teenagers are inventing nowadays, like, why can't you just use the word date? Which is exactly what I thought. But Mora in the book, Labor of Love, says that dating has always been ambiguous. Dating is a new phenomenon that has only really been developed in the last 100 years very slowly. And the history of dating is ambiguous. So even though we think that this ambiguity is new, it's really not. For example, in the book, she writes that in the 1920s, college students have been going out to diners and dances and vaudeville shows and movies had become widespread. Soon, nobody seemed to remember that these activities ever appeared dubious. Today, authorities like the New York Times refer to them offhand as traditional. So, in the 1920s, college kids like hanging out, going outside, going on dates was not considered good. It wasn't considered clear-cut it was considered just as ambiguous as the talking sages today back then they wanted you know the traditional courtship that was supervised which we'll get into later but basically when college kids are going on dates in the 1920s it was basically the same ambiguity that people have been feeling with the talking sage today so the history of dating as i've mentioned multiple times i used to think that um the dating was much more structured back like 20 years ago like I used to watch friends and they uh, with my parents and all the characters were always going on dates and they weren't ashamed to call it dates like in friends they would always go on dates and they weren't ashamed to call it dates so why are like we teenagers today so um, afraid to say I've been dating this person or like if I just felt as if people were just too scared to be emotionally to be caught People were just too scared to be caught being emotionally attached to somebody. And they don't want to be vulnerable anymore. And maybe that is true, but I used to basically think that dating was much more structured and accepted and than it is nowadays, which is all ambiguous. However, um, well, first we can look at the definition of dating as defined on Wikipedia, because when I looked on the dictionary for the definitions of the dating concept all i got in the dictionary were like dating an object from the past or writing the actual date so as defined in wikipedia dating is a stage of romantic relationships whereby two people meet socially with the aim of each assessing the other's suitability as a prospective partner in a future intimate relationship and dating is separate from an intimate relationship which is defined as an interpersonal relationship that involves physical or emotional intimacy and involves feelings of liking or loving one or more people. So if dating is where two people meet and assess each other, isn't that very similar to the Urban Dictionary of the talking stage where two people flirt and start feeling each other and slowly get into a relationship? It, so 
the question comes down to like why are we so scared to call the talking stage dates and i feel like one maybe the definitions have been changing dating used to be getting to know someone while the relationship was being committed but now this ambiguous talking stage is dating and dating is the commitment however i feel like it goes more deeper to the ambiguous history of dating so right so back then when i in the book labor of love the invention of dating it's a really fun read and it goes by really fast so i I definitely recommend it but essentially back then courtship as defined on wikipedia was a period where a couple gets to know each other prior to a possible marriage and this getting to know each other stage maybe we would think that this would be the precursor to dating nowadays right however courtship there's two things that make it different than dating is that it is supervised and has the aim of marriage dating on the other hand is defined as getting to know someone unsupervised and the supervised versus unsupervised that like line may be, seem arbitrary but it's actually really important in distincting this history of dating and back then during this courtship era marriage was seen as economic and political ritual rather than romantic ritual and romance was seen as outside of the dating um outs- I mean, romance was seen as outside of marriage and you would go on escapades with people you would go on romantic pursuits with people outside of marriage and however traditional courtship is actively political it's actively economic you're getting to know someone that way you have a proper alliance with each other right so when people began to become more independent and think and pursue their own goals romantically that's when this new dating became more prevalent and so what i was talking about earlier with the ambiguity of the talking stage right it's even less even more ambiguous than the idea of dating so back then like in the 1910s like people would go out they would ask each other out on dates which meant that they were no longer in a supervised area and they would go outside of the house that's why people would say oh i want to go out with somebody or i'm going out on a date with somebody because they were actively going outside of the house to go on this romantic pursuit they would actually have to physically see somebody and there's a really interesting um tangent that the book goes through talking about how lgbt history is intertwined with how the dating language has also evolved for example like when closeted people would go out to bars or underground balls they were also in a place where they could be able to come out so during like the 9 the 1900s right there was this development of going out going on dates going on dates was set outside of the home where you were unsupervised where you would go in the car and the automobile with your crush and watch a movie together that was a date because you physically had to be outside of the house but the thing is the language has always been ambiguous you would go on a date but that didn't mean you were going steady going steady was different going steady meant that you <coughs> were seeing each other regularly but holding hands or necking in the car or watching a movie together that was seen as flirty that was seen as ambiguous you weren't together you weren't really um 
aiming for marriage, but you were going on flirty escapades, right? So then they would go out. So now how that translates today is that the same ambiguity is present. You are flirty. You are excited to be with somebody else. But because of technology, especially in the last few years with COVID, you know, and the rise of online dating, people do not go outside of the house to romantically pursue people. They often are inside. So instead of saying they're going out, they can't say they're going out on a date. There has been this new language evolved. <coughs> I mean, there has been a new language that has been created to accommodate people also staying inside and getting to know each other. So many people today often think that romance is dead and often point, and this is from the book, often point to college hookup culture as the culprit that killed it. And it wants to either return to this mythological traditional dating or this supervised courtship, which one, the supervised courtship was not in a romantic pursuit. And this traditional dating idea has always been just as ambiguous as hookup culture today. So because of technology, we don't go outside and we don't really stay in when you talk to somebody romantically. <coughs> you can, quote unquote, go out on a date with somebody inside of the house, talking to them for 30 minutes on the phone, texting each other back and forth on a dating app, sending each other pictures on Instagram, sending each other memes on Instagram, or they send each other TikToks back and forth. And those are all talking, flirting, getting to know each other, but because of technology, we are allowed to do this inside of the house. So we don't say we are going outside on dates anymore. We just say the talking stage because we're just left with this ambiguity feeling because we can't physically do it. So we're we're trying to create a language that mirrors what we've been experiencing online. And dating has always been centered with technology, etc. So for example, like early dating slang, according to the book, stressed that what was taking place was some kind of transaction. Picking up made a dating made dating sound like a casual purchase. Um, and this continues today, like people saying like first things, like all these other dating slang, you know, or even when like random dark corners in their shirt, like the dating coaches saying like your sexual market value, stuff like that, that basically technology, the language that we center technology, the language that dating is centered around has always mirrored technology and economics and stuff that's um, like that. So, and like in this Atlantic article, dating because of dating apps is now kind of seen as a number game. So, as a numbers game. Um, this one quote says, It's like, if this doesn't go well, there are 20 other guys who look like you in my inbox. And I'm sure they feel the same that way. That there are 20 other girls who are willing to hang out or whatever this person said. And people are seen as commodities as opposed to individuals. <coughs> And this does raise a question, um, raise some interesting points, but I mean, I don't agree with all of it, but basically because of what we are allowed to consume in romantic spheres, that mirrors the language. So for example, back then when people had cars and going outside was a new um, pastime, going to like bars or going to the movies was seen as a, some, like the novelty, the thing that everyone was doing, the term going out was created but now because technology and we're staying inside and we're, we're getting to know people through our phones 
we create the term the talking stage or the situationship to describe a relationship that doesn't have a label. We're using all these new languages to accommodate the technology that is being um, Um, we're creating language to accommodate the technology of our time. And that doesn't mean that the talking stage is less or more valuable than dating is or was. It's the same thing. It's just changed because of technology. And <coughs> this is something my boyfriend actually brought up was that with dating apps, people also feel invisible because as you said before, you're no longer going outside. You're no longer physically interacting with that person. So because you don't have that physical connection, you feel as if you can ghost people or um, not treat them with respect. And in general, dating and love is more commercialized. Today, um, there's this really good video essay by... Um, by Olesenvia called Our Conception of Love is Messed Up. It talks about how <clears throat> love is being sold to us through media and how that affects us internally, which is a different topic, but I thought was very similar to what we're talking about here. So essentially, my critical thought of the day is that I thought that dating used to be structured and different. However, it is not and has always been ambiguous and it is interesting that these ideas of talking to someone or these situationships this term that's getting more popular are not new and dating is supposed to be ambiguous you're not sure what you are and that is something to be embraced and I know that it's tough and you know meeting someone and trying to figure out what they're thinking is not the best thing in the world and I don't think so like that's not fun I would never go back to that but I don't think it is new. And I take back that I used to think that it is new. It's not. And I do think it has been changed by technology. And not seeing people as people due to the screen is a problem with dating nowadays. But that's not specific to dating. It's because of technology. Not dating, if that makes sense. So essentially, dating is ambiguous. We should celebrate that. And we shouldn't be ashamed for having feelings, you know? So it's not a problem with uh, modern online dating. It's just that dating has always been like this. And that's okay. But I think one thing that I am really advocating for is that people should not be ashamed for having feelings. I really dislike when people, like TikToks that show up that are like, get over the person you weren't in a relationship with rhetoric. Because... For many people, they are talking to somebody, they were in this situationship with somebody for multiple weeks, multiple months, and they become a strong person that they talk to every single day, they develop a strong connection with them, and you know, whatever kind of connection, once you lose it, it's rough, so if you lose this situationship, people should be allowed to grieve, people should be allowed to feel sad, and they should be able to do, relive or go through the normal breaking up grieving process that we allow like relationships to have when people go in situation when people have situationships and they lose it the immediate response is get over it or um 
you shouldn't be crying over someone you were in a relationship anyway. But, you know, we should... Why, why not? You know, if, if you liked somebody and that person liked you back and it was a very special moment and you should be allowed to grieve it and call them exes and call them dates, why are we so afraid of being caught emotionally or being seen as vulnerable to other people? Well, yes, dating has always been this ambiguous thing and I don't think these talking stages or situationships are new. I do think the fear of being seen as emotionally attached is new and (coughs) (coughs) I wish that wasn't the case because people should be allowed to have importance in our lives and a place in our lives and once they're gone we should be allowed to grieve that as well and yeah that is my critical thought I also think that when women are told to get over their relationship it's just another way to call them too emotional or too crazy when they're in a relationship which is just like not true they have feelings people have feelings yeah when people are stressing you're oh you're being too sad get over that you're in a relationship you're just calling a girl or a woman too emotional and that's they're allowed to have emotions it's okay and I always feel like that rhetoric is kind of just like gaslighting the woman to feel as if they're not allowed to have feelings and grieve and that's just how it is you know so I that's what I think I have I don't think this was a very good episode I don't think it was very um well organized I think I definitely could have organized it better so this will just be like a prototype episode I suppose um yeah um I'd like to thank Melly because she helped me talk this out with a lot of people and my boyfriend for encouraging me. But this was the first episode. It's not that good, but I hope somebody listens to it and was like, that is a critical thought. That's a pretty good critical thought. And I'll be like, thank you. So thank you for listening. I hope to make more and do better. Bye.